All content discussed on Hypochondriac are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. I mean, come on, please. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Is Dr. Priyanka Wally. I am a medical doctor and a stand-up comedian. Yes, here we have it all. Medicine, comedy, neuroses. And that's where I come in. I'm Sean Hayes, and I have it all. I really do, and I'm not just an actor. I'm a hypochondriactor. We are supported by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a health and wellness company that makes a comprehensive daily nutrition simple. AG1 by Athletic Greens, the category-leading superfood product, brings comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition to everybody. Keeping up with the research, knowing what to do, and taking a bunch of pills and capsules is hard on the stomach, and it's hard to keep up with. I hate it. That's why I love Athletic Greens. It's so easy to drink. I love the taste. I love the flavor. And a delicious drink that goes down so nice and smooth. Yeah, so actually my grandpa takes this. He takes a little scoop every day. Oh, that's so nice. He's old, right? And mm-hmm. Hence the word grandpa. Right, right. You know, he basically uses it as a form of multivitamin in the yeah. sense that he just wants to get extra nutrients. And do you notice that it's working on him? Like, does he have energy? Does he sleep better? I think he's like alive and kicking and like yeah. hanging out there. So, uh-huh. I mean, you know, he's 94 now. So wow. I think that's really impressive. And what's cool about it is that it's like... Lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of added sugar. There's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And yet it tastes good. Tastes so good. Join the movement of athletes, lifeletes, moms, dads, rookies, first-timers, and everyone in between taking ownership of their daily health and focusing on the nutritional products they really need in the simplest manner possible. That's essential nutrition. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase if you visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo today. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash hypo to take control of your health and give AG1 a try. Scotty wrote that music, didn't he? Scotty, my husband Scotty wrote that music. How about that? I love that? it. Isn't that cool? It's catchy, yeah, right? Yeah, that was really cool. How long did, like, how did he... Priyanka, I don't know. We're married, but we ask? don't... No, we don't <laughs> talk. You think we talk to each other? <laughs> no, he, uh, I don't know. He's just brilliant like that. You know, Scotty's a composer with, he is a, he has a producing partner, Leo Rosner, and they compose music together. And they compose music for Will and Grace, the reboot. They composed music for the history of comedy on CNN. And Lior did some music for X-Men. And I don't so know, they're, cool. they're a great team. Yeah. Wait, I want to ask you something. Before you were a doctor, what was your first job? I was, this is super nerdy. I was a tutor. I was super nerdy, just like the nerdiest of nerds. Yeah. What was my first job before? I, well, I was a waiter. I also was an accompanist. I, I was a music director at a dinner theater in Chicago. Oh. Yeah. And uh, we did lots of shows like Avita and Music Man and West Side Story and all those things. And I, I would teach all the people how to sing. <laughs> oh, you were that person. Yeah, I was that person. And then I played I played in our little tiny orchestra pit and I, you know, did my little conducting thing in the pit. I'm there. just imagining young little Sean. Yeah. Oh my god. Doing all that adorable. Look, I got there's nothing gayer than a baton in your hand and a and a reason to use it. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> you came out of the womb holding a baton. <laughs> Absolutely, and twirling that thing up and down the street. Are you excited about today's guest? Absolutely. I am so excited. We have the hilarious stand-up comedian, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries so is the best. So freaking funny. I love him. Huge fan. Can't wait. We did a pilot with him, and he is the nicest, funniest. Oh, my God. It makes me belly laugh. Anyway, I want to talk about the PRP thing, which we didn't get to last okay. time. Yeah. What does PRP stand for? Platelet-rich plasma. Oh, okay. So what they do, you've had this done, right? I had it, it done, but I didn't ask questions because okay, I'm an idiot. Okay. I was like high on drugs because I saw a needle and I was like, I can't do it. Okay, okay. So do you remember them drawing your blood? Because Yes. Okay, so what they do is they draw your blood and then they take your blood and they put it in this machine called a centrifuge machine. Called a Keurig, <laughs> yeah. Keurig. So the centrifuge <laughs> machine, centrifuge, center meaning center, fuge meaning to flee, to flee from the center. So this machine, it spins really fast uh -huh. and the blood actually separates into whole blood and platelet-rich plasma. And the rich plasma is all the good, good, good blood stuff, right? That is, yeah, it includes all the platelets, the growth factors. And so because I had this problem with my knee, they injected it with that PRP, that platelet-rich plasma. Rich plasma. So, yeah. so what is that supposed to do to your knee? So it's really interesting. How long ago did you have this, by the way? Mm, three years ago, maybe. Okay, so what happens is when they inject the platelet-rich plasma, there are three phases. So the first phase is called the inflammatory phase, where all the platelets get activated, growth factors get released, and there's a bunch of reactions that happen. And then the second phase is called the proliferative phase, where different cells multiply and they grow. And then the final phase is called the remodeling phase, where then the tissue repair starts to produce and break down different parts of collagen. And that can take up to a year to happen. So it's kind of oh, like wow. a house remodel. First you break stuff down, then you pick out like your new stuff and then you actually build it in. Wow. And that's how PRP works. Let me tell you something. My knee feels better. Does it? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, P people are using PRP for all sorts of joints and muscle issues. and Put it in orange juice or something and well, just drink it. Well, I mean, that would be a very interesting orange juice. It would be a bloody, bloody <laughs> orange oh, God. juice. Our listeners are going to cringe. You'd use blood orange. So we started this thing on the show where people can now call in and tell us their stories and we can uh, learn from them. We can support them. But it's very, very nice of people to call in, leave a message and tell us their story. So let's listen. Hi, Shauna Priyanka. It's Kathy, a listener from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Oh. First of all, I want to say I love your podcast. It's amazing. So interesting. And I also just want to make a comment. Um, I listened to the one about um, with Anders with his hand thing, but also you guys were talking about the LASIK and how you've all had it. Yes. I had the LASIK lens replacement that you were talking about at the end saying it was crazy. And it is crazy. I went in being pretty much not blind, but I couldn't read anything. Wow. Um, I had trifocal glasses and bifocal contacts that I used. Wow. Um, I went in, they put new lenses in, and I walked out immediately be able to see everything. It was amazing. It was yeah. pain-free, pain -free, totally. Here comes um, the other shoe. And it has changed my world. It's amazing. I wake up in the morning, I can see my phone, I can read my clock at night without having to make a little pinhole camera with my finger. It's mm. fantastic. It changed my world, and I would highly recommend it. Oh. Anyways, thanks again. Love you guys. Bye. Oh, that's so oh, great. That's I love so Kathy, sweet. too. It's oh, a, thank it's God. A nice I was, it's a nice one. Oh, 
I thought it was going to go real. I thought she thought it was going to lose an eye. And she's like, no, I'm blind and I'm yeah. reporting to you from jail. Uh, uh, right. And she's like, and it's all your fault because you had LASIK twice, Sean. That's so crazy. Oh, By the way, I could listen right. to her say a boot. I know. Without instead of without. I love that accent. Yeah, no, that is honestly LASIK surgery. It's such a life-changing surgery if it if it goes well. And there's a yeah. lot of positive, you know, cases. I love if it goes well. <laughs> well, I'm just uh, honoring your experience, yeah, Sean. No, no. I'm just I know, like- right? This episode of Hypochondriactor is supported by LinkedIn. Yes, LinkedIn. If you're a creator who's eager to start conversations about the world of work, or you believe in engagement more than a metric, or you thrive on building community, then the LinkedIn Creator Accelerator Program is for you. I really would like to use this because I use LinkedIn all the time. Yeah, I check it out online all the time. And you know, actually, who I just saw on LinkedIn, I saw Todd's profile on LinkedIn. Todd oh, my producing LinkedIn. partner, Todd. Yeah. But seriously, I use LinkedIn all the time to connect with other like minded people. And, you know, it's really just helpful to see who's working on what. And there's so much talent on there. So with LinkedIn Creator Accelerator Program, you know how to make content that gets people talking and it gives you the tools and the place to do it. So you'll get early access to creator tools and a built in creator network. You'll receive opportunities to be featured across. LinkedIn, exposing your content to more LinkedIn members. And to top it all off, you'll get a $15,000 grant to bring your vision to life. So apply, join us and create more than content, create conversation. Visit linkedin.com slash creators to apply today. Hypochondriactor is brought to you by Pendulum. So guys, there's much more nutrition than calories. Your diet plays a huge role in your microbiome, which in turn impacts your mental and physical well-being. Pendulum Glucose Control is the first and only medical probiotic that's designed to manage A1C and blood glucose levels through the health of your microbiome. It's really great. Pendulum Glucose Control can help you manage your diabetes naturally. So like for those with type 2 diabetes, diet and exercise alone are often not enough to manage it. So the best approach emphasizes diet, exercise, and a healthy gut microbiome. Diet and exercise are still important, but if you've struggled to manage your levels with diet and exercise alone, your gut microbiome might need a little attention. Pendulum Glucose Control helps fill in the gaps by providing the first and only probiotic designed to manage blood glucose and A1C levels. Pendulum's team of scientists, doctors, and innovators isolated the unique strains of beneficial gut bacteria that help people with type 2 diabetes manage their blood sugar levels, formulated and bottled in the U.S. with the highest safety and quality standards, non-GMO, project verified. Hey guys, take control of your glucose levels today. Try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. If you're not satisfied with your levels, you'll get your money back. Visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use promo code HYPO for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com, promo code HYPO. Our guest today is a stand-up comedian, actor, and writer. You know his comedy. You've seen his comedy specials, of course, and his show on Comedy Central. I love him so much. He's one of the funniest people I've ever known. He also has his own podcast called I Don't Know About That with Jim Jeffries. Please welcome what? Jim Jeffries. 
G'day, mate. Jim. Hello. Hello. Thank you Jim, for having me on. I, thanks I, for combing your hair today. Ah, you know, a bit of a thing. I've got, I've got a, <laughs> I've got a, a bit of a look going on. I had a bit yeah. of psoriasis on my upper lip. If we're talking about medical things, so I've grown a moustache to cover it for a little while. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. You do not. You do not have that. I do. I have a little patch of psoriasis just here, so I grew a bit of. Maybe that's what Freddie Mercury had the whole time. You know, just a bit of psoriasis, and he had to keep the looks up. <laughs> If that's what it took. By the way, Jim, this is Dr. Priyanka Wally. Oh, good. Hi. Doctor. <laughs> nice, nice to meet I just you. assumed you were a co- I'm sorry you're a doctor. Oh, I'm just sorry you're a doctor. Well done on being a doctor. <laughs> Jim Jeffries, thank you for being here. Thanks, uh, A little side note to anybody who's listening is uh, Jim and I were about to do a pilot together that we were producing, Jim was starring in, and literally the week of the shutdown is yeah. when we had our, our table read, and it was... It was one of the funniest Taylor reads I've ever been to in my whole life. Like one of those moments you go, oh, this is a hit show. And now it's not. I don't, it still might happen, well, but it's still we, there. We, we, COVID killed it. We were, it was, we were six days out from filming. We had the table read and the sets wow. were all built and we were on the Universal lot and we were ready to go. And obviously it was all cast and everything. And then that's what happened. But these Yeah, happened. great cast too. But anyway. Wow. Um, I'd like to start out with some great news. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, I want I don't know about your podcast. I don't know about that. I have not had the pleasure of listening to it yet. I want to. I will. What is it about? Oh, it's it's like one of those podcasts you have where there's like how things are made or how yes, you know the meaning of everything or whatever. But it's funny, you know what I mean. So we pick I a subject. That. So like last week we just did cricket and we talked all about cricket. But we we have an expert on for each episode. And when I show up for the podcast, I don't know who the expert's going to be. And then I try to tell you everything I know about something. And it could be something as simple as spiders, or it could be the universe, or whatever. And I try to explain everything I know with a few questions. And then the <laughs> the, the it's normally a professor or something like that will tell me what I don't know. And it turns out I don't know much about anything. You know, it's it's trying to recall facts and figures before the internet. You know what I mean? You know when you used to meet that person at the bar that you Who thought was a genius? Yeah. You're like, that yeah, yeah, guy yeah. knows everything. And then the internet yeah. came out. You're like, that guy's a fucking idiot. You yeah. know I, I, mean? I, I ended up marrying that guy. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I, is this true? Are you a singer? I did not know this about I, you. What, well, that's, that's like saying am I a soccer player because I used to play it as a kid. I was in the Australian Opera twice, which is a true, wow. which is a true thing. But when I was like 19, it's a very long time ago, but I sang in a few school musicals and I, you know, did some – it was how you met girls, you know, you went to the school musical. Sure. And um, – Sure, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I, I did that, and then and then I, I, I there was basically a talent scout in the audience that said, "Oh, we'd like him to come and try out for this thing." And then I got in the Australian Opera for one for one show as, as a chorus member, just in the background in the Sydney Opera House. And That's then crazy. I went off and I studied at Whopper, which is the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts, which is Hugh Jackman went there. That's, and that's crazy. About it, but that was. <laughs> do you remember the opera you were in? I do. I was in um, one. I did one in Western Australia. Charles Gounod's uh, Romeo and Juliet. So that was in French. Yeah. And wow. The Flying Dutchman by Wagner was the one that I did in. Uh, oh my Sydney. God. And do you still wow. sing? I don't sing at all. I've done yeah. enough things. You can hear from my voice. I, there's enough. <laughs> Enough cigarettes and illicit substances being put onto these chords. 
I, I, <laughs> I, I got nodules actually where, where they had to shave, you know, they, they do it with lasers now, but before they used to shove a camera up your nose and then look yes. down and I couldn't speak for, I think it was like a couple of months. I wasn't allowed to talk at all. They scraped these things off. And I remember thinking my parents were very into me being an opera singer or something like that because my mother thought it was very fancy, you know. Yeah. And, um, and I remember I couldn't talk, I couldn't talk, I couldn't talk. And I watched a whole heap of stand-up specials and I decided why I couldn't talk for that couple of months. I always wanted to be a stand-up comic. I thought I might give that a crack. They yeah. don't seem to have to protect their voices very much. You know? <laughs> <laughs> One of my best friends is still an opera singer and there's still things when you go out with him where he's like, oh, i got to go to bed, i got to be up in the morning. I've never heard um, a comedian say that sentence. Right, I know, that's so true. Yeah, no, stand-up comedy really isn't that good for one's health. I mean, you're like performing in these seedy places. Maybe there's a lot of like secondhand smoke. Like it's not like the healthiest role model. It used to be worse. It used to be like you were in basements. The clubs were all in basements and people could could smoke inside the club and it was just cigarettes after cigarette after cigarette. Yeah, yeah. You know? Wait, really quick, isn't that what happened to Julie Andrews? Didn't they scrape off her nodes and then yeah, they, they and then did she didn't quite sing again. I, Freddie Mercury had it a couple of times. Elton John's been through it a few times. A lot of people like now they do it because I've had them twice. The second time they do it with a laser. Mm-hmm. And you're not to talk for a couple of days. But back in the day, it was like, don't talk at all. God. We'll see how it goes. You know, That's like death Jeez. to you to not talk for yeah. two days. Oh, yeah. But also the worst <laughs> bit is, and Dr. you know about this, they shove a camera up your nose mm-hmm. and they put it down and you're awake through that. And then they look at your vocal cords and the nodules are like calluses where they bang onto each other. Mm-hmm. And they look at him, and you've got a camera, you know, and they go, "Can you see how there's a nodule there and a nodule there?" And you're like, "Oh, like it's, it's a horrible experience to go yeah, through." Yeah, no, totally. totally. Um, before we get into the some really good stuff, I'm so excited to talk about all the other stuff that you have wrong with you because God bless. Yeah, you've bless. had quite a, a laundry list of things happen to you. Before I came on the podcast, they said, "But what medical conditions have you have?" I have nothing life threatening. I'm just no, like, that's a, okay. like a dodgy car that you've bought where the stereo messes up and then no, there's a flat fine. tire and all that type of stuff, but the engine's okay. <laughs> I heard you faked being sick or something when you were oh, younger. When I was a kid, I remember I couldn't I, – I woke up one morning, I was a bit tired, and I was like, oh, all right, I don't want to go to school. So I did that thing with my mum where I went, oh, I'm feeling a bit sick. I've got yeah. a bit of a sore throat. So my mum said, oh, you better stay home. And when you're about 13, 14, that's like a good day. Your parents are out of the house – you have a few wanks. You watch Star Wars. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a killer day. You never have wanks. the house to yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's like heaven. That's like now. That's me now, by the way. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. The next morning, I thought, well, I could probably milk this for another day, you know what I mean? So I went, I'm still not feeling quite okay. I'm a bit tired. All right. And so, so my mum said, oh, you better stay home. And I had a wonderful day. I was, you know, Empire Strikes Back that day, you know. I was <laughs> sure, still, sure. And then the next day I was like, oh, you got to watch Return of the Jedi, you know. So, so I, I faked it <laughs> again. I went, I'll have another day off. And my mum went, oh, we better go to the doctor. And so now I'm in a deep, you know what I mean? So I've gone off to the doctor and so the doctor's like, what's your symptoms? And I'm feeling okay. I'm just like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I have a sore throat and I'm finding it hard to keep food down. Except I'm making up all these symptoms and stuff. So the doctor's like, oh, we'll have to do some blood work. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Now I've got a needle in my arm and I'm lying and the needle's coming, you know. Anyway, the results came back. I had glandular fever, which I think you call mono in America. No it turns way. out I was tired for a reason. Oh, I wasn't wow. just waking up. Wow. And they, they call it the kissing disease. That's I'd right. only kissed one girl. 
The first well, girl I ever kissed, I got glandular fever. So what's yeah. your bloody chances of that? Why do you think I'm gay? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that stuff. How long before you actually got diagnosed did you kiss that girl? Um, oh, I can I can remember kissing the girl. I I, I can't was remember the time. Was that your first kiss? It was, yeah, it was my first kiss. Yeah, I was 13 <laughs> or 14. It was the first time I kissed someone. I went uh, from zero to 100 with kissing. I uh, <laughs> I was 13. I'd kissed a girl in Australia and that's all I'd done. And then at 14, I was an exchange student in San Diego and I came over just for <laughs> like a couple of months, right? And I came over uh-huh. and I went to school here. Crocodile Dundee was in the cinema <laughs> at the time. <laughs> Right, oh, you Lord. can't imagine how stellar this accent was to a bunch of American yeah. girls. When I, was yeah. I was kissing like a girl a day. I, I ramped <laughs> it up. I was I was off to the races. So I, that's why I've always loved America and wanted to live here. I thought the accent would stay important to people, but it turns out now it's pretty blasé. Oh no, we Americans revere you, Australians and and the Brits. Both you guys. Wait, well, that, really? That's, Is that true? That's true. Look at everybody who work. They're all from Australia or England. Okay, so Australians, we can only be cast as a goofy best friend or something like that. But but British people can be cast as villains or love interests in a romantic comedy. Right? <laughs> yeah. you, can, right. you can never have have a Bond villain who's Australian. You can't have like like Bond come in and like some Australian like go, listen here, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but wait a minute. The dingo in his lap, I'm going to get you, Bond. <laughs> I love watching like when you have historical things happening in a movie in America and it's all foreign people. Like, like uh, Selma, so Martin Luther King was a British guy and then he's speaking to Tim Roth was playing playing the president or something like that. It's all these people doing American accents for historical things for you to watch. I love that. Yeah. This is a perfect segue because I want to talk about your asshole. Mm -hmm. So um, you had hemorrhoids. You had hemorrhoid surgery. I've always wanted to get hemorrhoid surgery because I have a few of them. But tell me about it. And why, how did you know you needed it? How did I know I needed it? It wasn't a doctor that was like, you need it. I knew I needed it for about a year. I probably need it again right now. I had what they call piles where I was prolapsing half my ass. You did ask me on this podcast (laughs) and you did ask me to tell these stories. Yes, (laughs) this is fantastic. I love it. So I went along to a couple of doctors and they used to inject them and make them sort of get smaller and stuff like that. Same, or they put like a rubber band around them. Yeah, yeah, I did all that, but they weren't that painful you know I was getting a bit of blood in there and stuff like that but you just put a bit of I'll tell you a story right so you put a bit of toilet paper up there to dab it right so when they first had you go to my assistant's already laughing because he knows the story right I'm laughing so when you first went to the airport they had the metal detectors and then they had the ones where you emptied your pockets and you got x-rayed and you put your hands above your head right yeah yeah I'd already wedged a bit of toilet paper up my ass to stop the blood from clotting out and then then I'd emptied my pockets I've gone all right my pockets are empty I'd gotten the x-ray thing and then they're like we, we can see something's they shouldn't have shoved drugs up my asshole yeah no so, way. so I thought rather than go back to the room I just pulled out the blood soaked bit of paper <laughs> oh, and just God. looked at him and he went okay you can go so for anyone <laughs> for anyone who's really trying to smuggle drugs I reckon you put that in as a precaution and then yeah. you can get away with anything they're not going to bother you, with you and then when you took it out you just put it on the conveyor belt a <laughs> <laughs> little bloody tissue wait Jim how long have you been suffering from hemorrhoids oh I've been having I've had hemorrhoids since my early 20s I'm 44 now 
And okay. I, I'll tell you a funny story about going into the surgery. So the doctor tried to fix them, tried to fix them. And the surgery relieved it for maybe three or four years where I didn't mm. need it all. I think I need it again now. I think it's just something like getting new tyres on your car for me. Like I just, need a, <laughs> I just need a new retread every now and again. So I'll have a few good years and then I'll go in again. Anyway, so they put you on sort of... Uh, tri- this pyramid-shaped pillow, not pyramid, yeah. like a triangle type of pillow. So your ass is sticking up in the air and then your head's down in like one of those massage holes, you know, uh-huh. and yeah. then they, 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 I guess they shave whatever hair they need to do or whatever. Oh, then God. they put a big sheet over your body with a square cut out over your asshole. Mm-hmm. Now this is, I'm not famous like you, Sean, but I'm a little bit famous <laughs> and it's one of those moments you're, where you're famous, yeah. you think, I'd like to not be recognised right now. It'd be a nice... <laughs> What if the doctor, what if a nurse just walked in and just went, Jim? No, yeah. no, a nurse did worse. She put the thing on my face, right, like to count down from 10, you know, I'm about to yeah, have the anesthesia. Yeah. And then she went, my boyfriend's your biggest f- and I passed out, right? Oh, wow. And I'm just like, what is the chances of that woman not going back to her boyfriend and go, oh, yeah. we saw Jim Jeffrey's asshole today. It was, it, was a, it was a car accident of a thing. So I mentioned, Priyanka, I mentioned there's little rubber bands that they put tie around them and it's to cut off the blood supply to the hemorrhoid and the hemorrhoid just kind of falls off, right? Yeah. But that doesn't always take care of it. So what is the surgery like and what is the recovery like? Well, the recovery is... I had like many different hemorrhoids and then they put stitches up and when you come out, your assholes never look nicer. You're looking at it in the mirror going, they've done a real good job there. That's a fresh looking teenage yeah. type of thing. I haven't seen that for a while, this one, right? Uh-huh. But then you have to, I had 20 something stitches up there. So yeah, you, the- you have to pass stuff by that. So I, I took a lot of hot baths with Epsom salt. Mm-hmm. Just trying to like keep calm and all that type of stuff, and then eventually the stitches dissolve and you see them come out, and it's uh, it's a bit of a mess oh. down there. Oh God! There's a couple of weeks there where it's a bit uh, you don't want to eat any spicy food. We'll put it that way. Isn't the chance for infection really high? I assume so, but I always thought that with hemorrhoids, like you know, it's. It's okay. If there's sterile technique done in the operating room, usually the post-operative infection rates are are pretty low. We are supported by Storytime with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen, a friend of mine, great, great guy. He has a new podcast coming out, and it sounds like nothing else, Storytime with Seth Rogen. Seth puts his own spin on the traditional talk show format by turning every conversation with each guest into its own little audio documentary featuring archival footage, voiceover, sound design, and more. It's really, really cool. Seth is one of the most creative people I've ever known and met and you know interacted with. He's, he's not only a great guy. By the way, he makes this amazing pottery. I don't know if you've seen his Instagram account, but he's just endlessly creating things and this sounds like such a new cool twist on the podcast slash talk show format it's really really exciting i know i'll be tuning in each week seth indulges his endless curiosity about people and the world we live in by inviting a guest to share a single story from a life-altering brush with a celebrity in a movie theater to a hair-raising animal encounter to the revelation of a family secret guests include quinta brunson david crosby paul Shear, ava duvernay and more the tales range from hilarious to heartwarming featuring great characters surprising turns and an immersive approach to sound design and score so if you love stories, check out Storytime with Seth Rogen beginning October 6th. You can subscribe now on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
This episode is supported by Raycon. There's so much going on in the world, right? Whether it's stuff you're excited about or stuff you'd rather not think about. And you can't always control the vibes out there, you know, but you can always control the vibes in your head with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. See what I did there? I've tried the Raycon earbuds and it's really nice after a long day, sitting down, listening to my favorite music, moving around in them. They're super easy to use. You can work out in them. And the new everyday earbuds, they look, feel, and sound better than ever. There's an improved rubber oil look and feel and optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. So it's impressive even before you even listen to the thing. What's cool about Raycon is that you get three different sound profiles to make sure that everything you're listening to sounds its best with just the right amount of bass. So for example, they have pure mode, which is great for listening to this podcast or balance mode, which is also great for listening to this podcast, but also if you want to listen to rock or metal. And then there's bass mode, which is Perfect for hip-hop, EDM, reggae, all that stuff. There's also an all-new awareness mode for when you need to listen to your outside surroundings instead, which can be really helpful. And Raycon starts at half the price of other premium audio brands, but they sound just as good. And Raycons come with a 45-day happiness guarantee. Right now, Hypochondriactor listeners can get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash actor. That's buyraycon.com slash actor to save 15% off on Raycons. Buyraycon.com slash actor. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash actor. So... Jim, are you chronically constipated? No, What's- I go I go to the bathroom too much. I go I have about three shits a day and I don't and they keep on going, take some metamucil and I'm like, I can't get these things more sloppy. I'm, tr- I'm doing I'm eating Taco Bell, I'm doing everything I can to get better. Well, are you when <laughs> Sorry, this is just. What about um, when you actually use the bathroom? Yeah. Do you squat? Do you do you know about? I bought it. I bought a squatty potty. I did the thing where I lift up, and I also I've got myself. uh, I've got a Hello Tushy on most of me toilets and I've got a Toto up in the bedroom. I've invested in some nice <laughs> yeah. uh, jet streams and dryers and all that type uh, of stuff. Great. But I also just accept that there's things you can't control, like I'm losing me hair, that's a done deal, you know, things like this. There's just things you you have to just ride it out, you know. Priyanka, how do you know if you should get the surgery or, or not? You know. You know, don't well, you asking I mean, a doctor like, how do you know? <laughs> you know when half your asshole is hanging out of your body, Sean. That's how you know. Like, how many signs do you oh, need? Okay, well then I'm I okay. Have, I have I'm a okay sinking then. suspicion something might be wrong down there. No, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's hanging out. Okay, got it. I mean, you must really just strain a lot. I allegedly, but I think any time there's a part of your body where, with your hand, you can push it back in, that's yeah. when you know. Oh God, that's yeah. like a hernia when you can push yeah, back yeah, a hernia. Yeah, you just but you just you just muscle it out, you See, know. The I, thing about hemorrhoids is that they're veins, right? They're actually normal anatomic structures that are located in the lower rectum. Mm. And they only become problematic when you develop symptoms, when the veins begin engorging so much that the pressure inside the veins begins to distend and engorge them to the point that now you're either having bleeding or it's just an anatomic symptom that yeah. is just so massive. 
of, yeah. I'm still getting like the hemorrhoids and stuff now. I don't feel like I pushed too much, but they don't really hurt me anymore. It's like it's like it's all gone numb down there. The whole thing's like oh, Teflon. Wow. It's just, uh, <laughs> I, I've, and I, I just I just live with it. I'm just all right with it. But every now and again, I'll talk about it to somebody or right now, and people reach out to me. Other people are scared to talk about this. I've had other comedians go, my asshole's got the same problems. I hear yeah. Steve yeah. McQueen used to have to shove a tampon up his ass before he did a scene. <laughs> and if it's all right for Steve McQueen, it's all right, all right for me. me. That's the name of your next book. <laughs> but, you know, it's also, you sometimes can't tell the difference with all the Taco Bell you've eaten between Taco Bell and the shit. But anyway, here's the thing. Isn't diverticulitis correlated to... Yeah, that's... I was literally just about to say that. Okay, so yeah. I had diverticulitis. This was only a couple of months ago, and I never even knew what it was. I thought that maybe, because I don't drink anymore, so I, I felt a bit fucked over. Like sometimes when you're drinking a lot or doing other substances and stuff like that, you go, I kind of deserve this. I've been treating my body like shit. <laughs> right. I right. deserve what's coming to me. But I've been really healthy for the last sort of six months of quarantine and everything. And so I felt a little bit cheated here. You know, I woke up and I had a huge pain in my left-hand side. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe I've got a kidney stone. Maybe it's my appendix. And then another day went by another day. And then I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go down to the emergency room. I, I went, I went, this is no good. You know, I, I'm in real pain here. And I went down and they said I had diverticulitis. They said that a, a seed, anything as small as a strawberry seed up to like a, a, a popcorn kernel had got caught in one of the sacks in the corner of my colon that mm. had got infected. If I, and they said if I left it for two more days, it would have uh, ruptured and I would have had a colostomy bag. Mm -hmm. God. I come home now. My wife, I've been married for a year. And Congratulations, by the way. We just had a baby two weeks ago. Oh, my God. Congrats. Oh, congrats. That's and, so great. Uh, and so that's the biggest medical problem I have right now. Anyway, so so we, so so my wife is vegan, right? My wife is a healthy living vegan person, and as as I was coming home, as I was in the hospital, they go, I I have something wrong with my colon. My wife was already berating me. It's like it's your diet. You eat too much dairy. Uh -huh. It's the shit that you put in your body. And she was really getting into me, and I was just like. And then when I found out it was a seed from something some yeah. vegan may have yeah. given me. Yeah. Oh, my God, I was happy. I came home and I, I played it up a bit. I was like, the doctor said it was because of my diet. And she goes, I told you the shit you made. I go, a seed. It was something you gave me. This now, vegan wait, diet's going to fucking kill me. Does that mean you can't? Does that? So what do you do for to get over diverticulitis? Um, they give you like two weeks of like a lot of um, uh, antibiotics and I just pounded mm -hmm. them for two weeks and then it was all right. The doctor said there wasn't much I could do to sort of stop it from happening again. It was just a bit of bad luck. I'd never had it before in my life. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's a doozy. I, I I did one show with it on the side and I was doing punchlines and just, oh, you know. Is there a possibility it will come back? Are you more susceptible to get it, getting it once again? Once you get it, once you, your risk of getting it again, I mean, you still have the risk. That's what, that's what the, that's what the doctor said. The risk of me getting it again is, is more likely, but that's why I don't like going to doctors. You see, I okay. just, okay. For the, I had a little win recently. I had a Priyanka recently. loves that. Right, but but with the with the doctors, I always go in. So I got these red dots on me called like blood blisters. I don't know what you call them in America. Like these, they're sort of like I'll show you one. There's one there, little tiny red things. Oh yeah, oh, that looks like a cherry angioma. Yeah, that's what yeah. You, that's what you call them in this country. In America, they in Britain they call them blood blisters, right? <laughs> okay, and right. so yeah, I go to a doctor and I said that, and they go, oh, about one in. 10 people have them. It's hereditary. You must have had a parent that had them. And then you go to the doctor, you go, well, what should I do? And they go, nothing really. 
it'll get worse as you get older. And you're oh, like, great. oh, good, good, great, Thanks. great. Good to hear that. You know what I mean? Have a great day. <laughs> Why even tell people that? I mean, I would just say something probably like, oh, okay, you know, just keep an eye on it and call it good, you know? <laughs> well, I was waking up, I was waking up every morning with my finger like this, my little finger like this, right? I had a win okay. at the doctor's the other day. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I got a bit of psoriasis and so they looked at my hand mm-hmm. and they saw a bit of psoriasis in the back of my hand and they said, you probably have psoriatic arthritis oh, because it's gone wow. through to okay. the joints and that type of stuff. There's arthritis running in your family. I said, yes. And so for months they put me on this medication and I, for, for arthritis that may, basically just alleviated the pain, not cured anything. And I, I stopped taking it because I was like, well, I don't want to put anything to my, into my body that is only leaving something if the, if it's not bothering me that much. You know right. what I mean? I'm not in huge pain. About it. But every morning I woke up, my finger was like that. I kinked it back out and off it went, right? I had the greatest doctor visit. This is two weeks ago I've ever had in my life. I mm-hmm. go to an orthopedic bloke. I said, this finger's not getting better. I've been taking the medication. What do I do? He did some x-rays. He did some other tests and he said, I don't think you have arthritis. You know how arthritis? He goes, have you been, have you been uh, playing video games a lot or playing <laughs> golf? And I'm like, that's all I've been doing, right? <laughs> and so it turned out my tendon here had, had, from holding the controller or holding the golf club, it just yeah. tightened up like that. He goes, I'll put God. an injection in your hand, right? Of and, what? Yeah, he goes, I'll put an injection in your hand for the tendon. It's a pulled tendon. A, an injection of what? And I said, I said, okay. Well, this is a whole thing. It might have been a, like a steroid injection or when something. When you know something's going to leave you, you just go, oh, I don't give a shit. When it's a vaccine, <laughs> people are like this. We don't know what's in it. He could have been <laughs> pumping me full of heroin. I didn't care. I'm like, yeah, give me the needle. No worries, right? So, so he puts the needle in my hand and he goes, that should leave the pain and stop the finger from curling up. And I said, for how long? And he went, forever. <laughs> I've never had that. I yeah. walked out, man, my hand's fine. I've never had a doctor going, we can fix this and I'll do it right now and it'll take five seconds. It's always hey. like, make another appointment. We're going right. to try this first. We're going to try that right. first. This right. was bloody brilliant. I'm going to see, I know he's an orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to see him for so, all complaints, this guy. Anything I've got wrong with me. So wait, Priyanka, I, want to, I have a question about the diverticulitis. Yeah. So diverticulitis, so does that mean Jim and myself, because I had something similar, mm-hmm. can we never eat popcorn or strawberries or seeds? Like, do we have to avoid those now or what? So whether or not the seeds will actually lead to inflammation, it's questionable because all diverticulitis is, is inflammation of these little diverticula, which are these tiny little pouch-like protrusions, right? So you can actually have diverticula without the inflammation. So my philosophy is if you keep the inflammation down, you can get away with eating smaller types of seeds and How stuff. do you keep the inflammation down? So this is where avoiding things that cause inflammation, like sugar, processed foods, refined carbohydrates, all of Fast those food. things. Fast food is a is a really pro-inflammatory thing. So if you can bring the inflammation down, then you're you're less likely to get a bout of diverticulitis. Wait, wait a minute. So you're telling me the fast food could have caused it, it wasn't the seeds. If my wife hears that, I'm back <laughs> to hell again. So I really need you to go, could happen to anyone, it was nothing you did wrong. <laughs> Look, look, I look at life like this. I'm, I'm here for a good time, not for a long time, people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Let's play the game. <laughs> so, Jim, this is a game. It's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, I'll give you possible points for creativity. Okay. So Sean's going to go first with the first three questions. Sean, are you ready? I'm ready. Oh, my gosh, I'm ready. 
Okay, first question. Which of your organs has been damaged if you have experienced what is called a myocardial infarction? Your, your, isn't that your eyeballs? Th- that is incorrect. It, it Myocardial infarction is a heart attack. It's your yes. heart. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> it says cardio. It means heart. I knew that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Like when you're doing cardio in the gym, Sean, do you think you're working out your eyeballs? Yes. (laughs) I am. Looking at every guy that walks in. Yeah, it depends who's in front of you on the treadmill. (laughs) Okay, second question for Sean. For what amazing accomplishment did former Australian Prime Minister Bob Hawke set a world record? For what accomplishment did for... uh, 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 Set a world... I, I have no idea. I, you know, I don't know. The, the the longest bungee jumper. I don't fucking know. Okay. Uh, he, he was the yeah. drinking champion at UWA University, and that was long before he was the prime minister of the country, and the record still stands. What's the record? He drank the most? He I don't understand. He consumed two and a half pints of beer in 11 seconds. God bless. There's footage. If you go Bob Hawke at the cricket uh, sculling a beer, there's footage of him from about Mm. six years ago, and he's in his 80s when he's walking out with his equivalent of the Secret Service, and someone said, Bob, 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 and some stranger hands him a beer. There's about (laughs) 5,000 people around him, and he sculls it real quick and hands it back and the whole crowd cheer. This is why it's a go-ahead country, Australia, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, third question. What is the title of the jukebox musical based on the life of Australian singer and songwriter Peter Allen? I I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Any guess? No guess? I don't know. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. Newsflash. You were gay, Sean. You should know. I'm gay. I don't know what Peter Allen. That I don't. I don't. I don't. You're gonna say it. I'm gonna know. It's the boy from Oz and Hugh Jackman. Oh, the boy from Oz. I didn't see it. I never saw it. Okay, okay. Who's married to Liza Minnelli, for fuck's sake? Okay. <laughs> oh, man, Sean, you're getting schooled. I know. Okay, well, Jim, these next three questions are for you, but I have a feeling you've already won. But anyways. Yeah. I haven't right, answered Jim. a question yet. Okay, now these Yeah, but I got all questions. mine wrong. Okay. <laughs> you, got, um, you got all of them wrong. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, it's Jim. a record for me. Acetaminophen is the generic name for which brand oh. name drug? Come on. Acetaminophen. 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 Yeah. Acetaminophen is the generic uh, for name for what drug? Uh, I, I will say uh, Tylenol. That is correct. Yes, Tylenol is the correct answer. Okay, you jerk. Two. Okay. <laughs> the delicious Australian food Vegemite was originally made from what food byproduct? Yeah. Yeast extract, and it's the richest source of vitamin B known to man. That is correct. And is it good? I will give you a half point for that extra vitamin fact. That is a good fact. The only <laughs> reference I have is a Vegemite sandwich from the, the song. Men at work. Yeah, Men at Work. Yeah. What is a Vegemite sandwich? It's just uh, Vegemite on bread. We, we still, sandwiches are still the same. But what's Vegemite? I don't know what Vegemite, Vegemite is. Vegemite is yeast extract. It's, and there's also the British version of Marmite. And it's like a black tar type uh, stuff. But it's it's very <laughs> salty. And if you grow up with it, it's a taste that you'll have for the rest of your life. But Americans can't seem to take it. But it's lovely no, with a bit of cheese we as well. But yeah. people come over to my house and they're always like, oh, what's Vegemite? What, what do you do with Vegemite? I always have a little bit. And then what you do is you put too much of it on a bit of bread and then you laugh. Oh. You, you should only smear it on very uh, sparingly. All right, I'm going to check it out. Yeah. 
Okay, final question. In the last episode of season one of your show, The Jim Jeffries Show, you reveal People Magazine's sexiest man alive. Who was it? Oh, uh, uh, Blake Shelton. That is correct. Is that we right? have a massive winner. Yeah, this I'll time. say. Jim, I'll say. You are in Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. Congratulations. I feel like a lot of the questions were aimed towards Australians. I feel <laughs> yeah. like Sean's yeah. in. <laughs> You didn't ask me what happened in the last episode of Will and Grace. You know, I... <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't say we have a massive loser. So thank you for that. Uh, Jim Jeffries, you're a gem. Absolutely adore you. Thank you for the belly laughs today and belly laughs always. Uh, hopefully we get to make our show. Thank you for being on this Thanks one. for having me, Sean. I had a real blast in this show. Sorry for being such a fucking know-it-all in the quiz. So uh, you I, thank you for having me. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I love it. I love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, pal. Thanks Hope to see lot. you very soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Okay, Bye. honey. How funny is he? God bless. So, so funny. Isn't he great? I'm so glad we talked about the diverticulitis, too, because I always wondered that, like, because I had that thing. Remember, we talked about it at the beginning yes. of this whole podcast series, yeah, yeah, which is yeah, like totally. when I had my small intestine burst open. Right. So I always wondered, like, I still eat popcorn. I still eat, yeah. like, stuff with seeds in it. But yeah. that's okay, right? Yeah. Again, I think I think if you have less inflammation in the body, you're less likely to develop symptomatic diverticula. So, yeah. you know, everything in moderation as well, yes. I think, makes everything a lot of sense in moderation. as well. So. Yeah, that was so funny. Gosh, he really went into great detail about his asshole. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. I know I always, I always say this on the show. But that's the thing. You got to talk about the stuff you don't want to talk about so that it helps know. someone somewhere who's too embarrassed to talk about their hemorrhoids or whatever the issue is. Yeah, I absolutely. Think it, it helps me. It helps lots of people. I, I, yeah. I love that he was so open about it. He's the best. Yeah, totally. All right. Until next time, guys, don't worry. Be healthy. Bye. Bye. We now have a phone number where you can leave us a message and we want to hear your medical stories. So if you have a story you want to share, call us at 323-529-6031. That's 323-529-6031. And we might choose your message to play in an episode. Hypochondriactor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by moi, Sean Hayes, and moo, Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Tuad Milliner are executive producers. Production editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leua Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.